You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. We love to introduce our our speakers, whoever it is, just because it gives us an opportunity to brag on people. And um, it's just a great way to publicly honor those in the kingdom, and we don't we don't do it for that, but um, it's just great to be able to encourage people and what you see in their lives because it's n- it's not because it's not why we do it. It gives us an opportunity to to add value. Say this is hey, this is what we see. This is what we see God doing through you. Because if you're familiar with this, when you're doing something in the kingdom, you're Sometimes you don't have a very good perspective of what's happening, the fruit that's happening and all that stuff. So I'm glad that I get to be in a family where we get to do this together. It's amazing. So good, right? Jeez, we just came back from a leadership retreat. We did uh, three days away, two nights away. Um, It was incredible. Wow, we did a zip line that uh, after the first time, it was good. You might see some videos of that online here. Before long, we'll put that up on, on Facebook. Uh, I, was, I was stoked. I couldn't wait to get up there. And then you get up to the top, and the wind was blowing hard. And, and you get up on the platform, which is above the trees. And, and then she wants me to, this lady, young lady wants me to stand on another platform that's, that's this big. You know, it's, it's half as big as one of my feet. And I, I'm like, this is where the rubber meets the road. I'm like, I've got all these prophetic words to go to the Middle East, to go out in the darkness. And I'm fired up about it. I'm like... But I'm not real sure about this zip line. <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes and jump. Man, we had a lot of fun, though. It's, uh, when you're having fun together, uh, it's one of the ways that we grow together, right? It's real relationship outside of this. It's relationship a lot of times starts inside these four walls, and then it carries over into our daily lives where we get to, to walk together and and man, it's it's fun. And uh, I know there's hard times too, but but when you've you've really got connected to one another, those hard times, you you realize that other person that you're connected to is going to be down down there with you, weeping with uh, with you, you know, crying with you, uh, praying with you, fasting with you, whatever whatever it takes. And, and that's the that's what we call kingdom family. And so today, uh, I'm going to start off with a testimony of last week, um, but we're going to talk about what apostolic grace does to you. And I'll give you an explanation and definition of, of what that is. And I, I talked about it last week and felt like Jesus wanted to do it here this week for a specific reason. And it's going to be, I believe it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and so last week, Lindsay and I were up at Tri Lakes Community Church up in Bristol, Indiana. Any of y'all been up there to Amish country before? It's, uh, it's great. Uh, love, love the food. May not may not be on some of your diet plans, but it is good. <laughs> uh, and so our our friends and really a, a mom and dad to us spiritually up there, Doreen and Donnie Mastin invited us up to go, and we got to commission their apostolic lead team. 
Um, this is this is really wild and just a, a God thing. And I'll sum it up quickly: is that God put me in a dream that that Doreen had. Now I'm not aware of any of this until after she told me about it. So she has a dream. I'm in the dreams. Uh, you know, people are, are symbolic of something in our dreams often, or so, of someone in our dreams. I'm in the dream, and and there's stuff that's happening with the church and, and people come over to their house and they're having a house church but also the, the main building and she she facetimes me and tells me about the dream and I pray into it and give her what I feel like is an interpretation to it and out of the interpretation this apostolic team lead team was birthed um, to help with uh, training and equipping within the, the local body and so then she asked us to come up and feels like it would be appropriate just for us to come up and, and do that, that commissioning. How cool is that, right? I mean, God speaks in a lot of ways, and dreams is, is one of the, the languages that he's definitely used. He's been using it for thousands of years. If you've, you know, I know you guys are Bible readers, and so you've, you've read about God giving dreams to people and interpretations of those dreams, and it's still happening today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so at the beginning um, of service last Sunday morning, and again, I, I, so much God is doing here, I don't like to be gone from here. I just, I, lo I love being here. My, my passion used to really be not only training and equipping, but I had a strong passion to travel and, and, and train and equip the corporate body all over the world. And I still do, but my heart is really torn in, in the sense of I really love to be here. And now I've found out that Zoom can help me be all around the world training and equipping the body, and I, I don't have to leave uh, Greenwood a lot of times. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for technology. And so in the prayer room last Sunday morning, I got this horrible pain in my lower back. And it's the kind of pain that if you, you turn, it like causes you to wince or take your breath away in pain. And, and so, and so I, I'm always, when there's a lower back pain, word of knowledge, uh, you know, some people will, would scoff at that and like, oh, that's just a, you know, you could hit anybody with that in a room of people that are over 40. And uh, <laughs> I, I would agree to that to an extent, but lower back pain is nothing to scoff at to the person that's in the pain, who's been in pain for maybe years and can't sleep or can't function. And honestly, it just steals life from you. And so I've, I've, for a second, you know, because I, I have fallen into the over 40 category, I have to check and remember, have I been having back pain? I'm like, I'm like okay, not mine. Uh, so my next question to Holy Spirit, just to give you my process, is what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? Because in my position, I get to give that what we call word of knowledge, what is happening in the past or in the present in someone's life, I get to give it publicly. And it connects people to the heart of the Father. And so I... And I feel like Holy Spirit just speaks to my heart and says, I want you to give it first when you stand up to speak. And I'm like, okay, my next question is, what do you, how are we going to pray for them? You know, do you want the body to pray for them? Do you want me to just declare they're healed? What, you know, what do, you, what, do you want them to do something that will be an active, act of faith that will cause them to be healed in a moment? How do you want to do it? And he says, just have them stand and check it. And I'm like, not enough. I need more. <laughs> My faith is being stretched, which I actually invite God to do. Because there's no grow, growth where we're comfortable. 
I would rather uh, be a novice in the new thing than, than feel, uh, or I'm sorry, an amateur in the new thing than a, a novice in something that's, that I'm accustomed to doing. And so I, I get up and I, I tell them, you know, hey, this is the word of knowledge. And almost before I get it out of my mouth, the one lady pops up. So there's four ladies that stand up and uh, three of them, and I just say, hey, we just want you to check it. And, and two, one of them was severely confused because she said, I, I said, how are you? And she said, well, I don't have any pain. And I, I said, well, did you have pain when you came to church? She just had this confused look on her face. She's like, yeah. I'm like, did you have pain when you sat down in that chair? Yeah. And you stood up and your pain left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> Jesus healed you. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he did. He did heal me. Because <laughs> it's like, I had pain, now I don't, you know, and, and nobody prayed for me, nothing. Oh, and so another lady, you know, all three, there were all three of the ladies that stood up immediately. One of them was standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down. I'm like, how are you? <laughs> She's like, healed. And she told me later, she said, my, on Friday, my back started to hurt, and when I would move, I would wince in pain. And I'm like, oh, gee, I heard Jesus. I, I expressed to them like it did you. I was, I was nervous. I'm nervous when I, I do things like that. But it's, it's okay to be nervous, right? It's all right. We just do it nervous. Or sometimes you're like, well, I'm afraid. I was afraid when I was up at the top of that zip line. You know what? I did it afraid. <laughs> And then, and then after the first time, you get a little more brave, right? And then you're like, ah, fear, you can't have, you know, you're not going to eat my lunch today. We're going. It's an expression I like. I think it's funny. But it's true. And so it's just fun to conquer fear on a daily basis, isn't it? And so I saw those three ladies back healed, and the other one is uh, in process. Uh, she wasn't healed when, when she stood up, and I had everybody pray for her. Just, just point at her. And say this, it's going to be profound, be healed in Jesus' name. I said, check it. And she said, because we were outside having church, but we were also in a barns type thing. And she goes, it's not, hold on. She's like, is the sun on my back? People around her are like, nope. She said, well, it's really hot. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> we'll check back with you later. And so God does things in all kinds of different ways. And I really felt like I was supposed to share that testimony um, because the root word of testimony means to do again. And I feel like God is, is healing uh, spinal issues in the room. Online, if you're watching, you can take this too, or if you watch this later. I feel like God's healing spinal, spinal cord issues. I feel like that there's vertebrae, uh, discs that are going back into place that were, were not in the right place. Uh, and I also felt like that there was some uh, muscular degeneration that God was restoring, uh, restoring today in the room. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thanks for what you're doing. I'd like you to check back. Let me know later if you, anybody feel anything happening in their back right now? You got warmth, you got anything moving around? Sometimes we feel it, sometimes we don't check back with you later and see how you're doing. So we just thank, we just bless what you're doing, Jesus. We thank you for it. Some of you, I feel like you'll know when you stand up and you start to walk, you'll be like, oh, it's different. Yeah, we love to hear the testimony. So yeah, I wanted to, 
Um, oh yeah, I almost forgot this very, very, this is, this is more important than my message to me. And um, uh, Rachel, will you stand up for a moment? Yeah, would you just bless her, honor her? It's her birthday today. We love you, Rachel. We appreciate you so much. You are just a, a that proverb. What comes to mind is Pro, uh, Proverbs thirty-one. Yeah, you're 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 that type of, of woman. The the love and the uh, valor. I mean, everything that you carry, the honor that you carry, the father's heart that you live out of and live in your, your obedience. That song that they, they sang this morning, Simple Obedience, you know, that's what you do daily. And it's, it is encouraging to the rest of us. I don't know whether you see this or not, but you are releasing encouragement and life to the rest of the family and all those that are around you every day. And we are so incredibly blessed to get to be in your life. And so happy birthday. Yeah, Father, we just thank you right now for what you're getting ready to do. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to come as the spirit of wisdom and revelation and all that you want us to get today. Whatever it is for each one of us, we thank you that before it's all over, that grace is going to empower us in everything that you have created us for. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so sometimes when we begin to talk about the apostolic, and get, it can get kind of mystical to people and, and seem kind of strange, but it's actually just normal Christian life. The book of Acts is the only model that we, we really have for the New Covenant Church, which is us, right? It's the, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, however you want to say it. That's who we are. We're in Jesus. He's the head. He's the chief cornerstone, regardless of the foundation and, and, and the rest of the building. Without the cornerstone, we've got nothing, right? Jesus is literally everything that we need. If you know anything about building or, or construction, if the cornerstone's gone out of a commercial building, what's going to happen? It's going to fall. The foundation still may remain, but the building will be useless. And you and I get to be a holy temple of the Lord. In Corinthians 6, it says that, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And so what was something in the Old Covenant of a place where people would go actually became a people that would show what life looked like that was worship. Not just worship on Sunday morning to music, which is incredible and a great time to connect uh, with Jesus and go deeper in intimacy and to to see visions and just encounter love and get wrecked and hope to go to a new level and joy to skyrocket. But, but our life on a daily basis, when it's laid down to Him and surrendered, it is worship to the Lord. It's great, isn't it? It's like every day with every step that I take, with every breath that I take, with everything that I do, regardless of what it is, it's holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. That's good news for some of us, right? It's like, yes, because I, I don't know about you, but for a long time, I thought that I had to be in a certain place, which was the church, what we would call the, you know, the church building, 
It had to be during worship. I had to be in intercession. I had to be laying on my face. I had to be reading my Bible. I had to be, and all those things are vital and important, but, but my life is worship to him. It's not, I'm not just worshiping him when I'm doing something that I deem to be spiritual. The, <laughs> there's no secular and sacred when it comes to Christendom, right? Sons and daughters, it's all, it's all sacred. It's all holy. Everything that I do. I'm watching the Yankees whoop the Red Sox last night. It's holy. <laughs> For Yankees fans, it's really holy. The Red Sox are having a terrible year, and so it's just adding insult to injury at this point. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it really is, because it's, it's me, it's Jesus and I. <laughs> it, it, we are one. We're one. We're one. And so I walk through, and I know... Maybe other people have done this too. You walk through different stages of, of revelation in your Christian walk. You, you look at the beginning or, or even maybe last year or a few years ago and you're like, I'm, I'm glad I don't believe like that anymore. I'm glad I don't believe like that anymore because that took me out of a place of, it was a box that I was putting God in, right? And so constantly what we're praying for is God to blow up our boxes. Destroy my old way of thinking. We sing a song that says, Tear down my traditions, strip away my religion. It's not those exact words, but it's essentially that, right? I want him to, all the things that are restraining God, I want him to break apart, get rid of, demolish, however you want to say it. I want it, I want it done. And, and it all stems from how I think. My thinking has to change for those traditions, for that religious thinking, for that, um, that box that I have, my thinking has to be changed. That class that Joe and, and Aureli started, he's wrote the curriculum for, the Renewed Believers class, it's the foundation of, of Christian life. My mind being transformed changes everything about me. And one of the main things it does is it helps me to realize all that I already have. I did a lot. I starved myself a lot of times. Called it fasting. Starved myself a lot of times to try to get something I actually already had on the inside of me. I'm not saying fasting is not vitally important to our lives, but I am saying that for me, a lot of times, I, was, I thought that my fasting would twist God's arm and get him to give me something if he would just be so kind and merciful to this wretched sinner. who, <laughs> Right? We're laughing. We're all laughing because we thought like that. We're like, if you would just be so kind to bend your ear and, and listen to me as I beg you for what you already gave me through Jesus. I, I, now I look at it and I'm like, that was, that, that was ridiculous to think that way. But in the midst of it, even when I don't believe right, or my beliefs aren't at the highest level, which means my hope isn't, God still works with whatever he's got, right? He can win any hand with a, a two and a three, right? If you're a card player, you get that. You know, it's not a good hand, you know, or a two and a ten. If, if you know cards well, you can't make a straight out of that, right? It's a... I'm like, no, none of you? <laughs> but he'll, he works with what he's... I, I mean, the way that I thought 10 years ago, I think 
Now, I'm, I look back now and I'm like, how in the world did you ever use anything that I did? Well, he's God, and he's rather good at it. <laughs> and so in spite of me, he'll still bring change to the world around me, even if I'm oblivious to important truths that I need. But see, what happened is, is when I came into a place where apostolic grace was present, it did the things that apostolic grace was meant to do. And so let me, tell you, let me define what, what apostolic grace is. So first, I take the word, word grace, which is divine enablement upon the heart of man. That's the way that I'm going to define it to you today. To talk about grace is so broad and so wide that you can't sum it up in a sermon series. Grace is a whole lot, but one of the most important things that grace is outside of um, it being something that I don't, don't deserve, it is actually an empowerment to help me do everything that Jesus already says I can. Who knows, Jesus believed in, in these 12 guys, right, that were an absolute wreck. He believed in them so much that they were going out healing the sick, preaching the gospel, casting out demons. And one of them was going to betray him and then commit suicide. And he knows this. Right? He, still, he, empowers, he empowers everybody. He doesn't pick and choose who he empowers. He empowers everybody because love loves everyone. And so apostolic grace essentially is so that... that in Hebrews 3, 1 and 2, it tells us that Jesus is our high priest and our apostle. Apostles are sent ones, but primarily apostles are ones that what they do is they father and they mother sons and daughters to show them what they are capable of. And so when there's an apostolic covering over a family, there's a grace that comes with that. And it's not about the gifting. It's not about the people that are operating out of the gifting. It's primarily about Jesus being our high priest and apostle, our chief cornerstone, and surrendering to him and, real, and realizing whatever gift I have or whatever gift you have or may be, it's all about laying down and showing people what it looks like to serve others. My example will always speak louder than my words. Jesus' example spoke louder than his words, even though his words we're extremely powerful in our truth that is free today and always will. But Jesus' example, I mean, if you look at the Last Supper, when he, he takes off his robe and puts on a towel and gets down and washes his disciples' feet. You're talking about God that stepped down into human form and he was God, decided not to live as God, even though he, he absolutely could have. He was the Son of Man and Son of God at the same time, and I know that can be a lot to take in. But if you look at Philippians 2 and other places throughout the Scriptures, you see that he come to set an example of what it looks like to be a humble servant, about what one person can do in right relationship with the Father, with the Spirit of God fully alive upon him and on the inside of him. And so we set the example of what it looks like to serve. He set the example of what it looks like to be empowered by the Father. And then he set the example of what it looks like to empower everybody that's around you through the grace that was on his life. 
Because grace is not just on my life so that I don't mess up again. It's actually on my life so that I can empower all the people that are in my sphere of influence. Because a culture of empowerment is a kingdom culture. A culture of empowerment is actually what the Father does to all of the world through Jesus. When he sent him, he said, look, I am empowering you. I am empowering you to no longer be sinners, but to be sons and daughters because you were never created to be sinners. It's good news. Come on, that's why they call the gospel good news. Is that I, I don't have to be ruled by that terrible master of sin anymore, but I can actually realize who I am and then step into this place of freedom and come fully alive and be an example of what Jesus looked like in the earth to the people around me and... Come on, this is, this is the gospel, right? And so Jesus is the ultimate example of what it looks like to empower people. He empowers the 12, and if you don't like the fact that he empowered 12 people that you would deem apostles, then you can, if you look at Luke 9, you can flip over to the next chapter and look at Luke 10, and he empowers 70 others also, right? He empowers 70 people that we don't get their names, but we don't also, that there's no primary gifting that we could point to that says, well, they're this in the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4, and that's why they were doing that. That's just not true because Jesus always leaves us without excuses because he's just good like that. He doesn't want us to have excuses. He wants us to realize that all things are possible to him or her that believes. And so he, he empowers the 70 and he tells them, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. That's encouraging. And then <laughs> you're like, yes, Jesus, I am defenseless. <laughs> I mean, sheep, the, the great creatures, you know, love them, love all animals, but just don't have a lot going on in the area of defense. Right? Not, not very dangerous creatures. And he was intentional when he did that. And I believe that one of the reasons, this is a side note, is because sheep are vulnerable. What he created us to be. Vulnerable. Vulnerability attracts heaven. <laughs> Machoism and thinking I need to keep everything on the inside is not what I was created for. Doesn't mean I share everything with everyone, but I've got to share it with someone and not just Jesus. And people in my inner circle that I'm connected deeply to, I share that vulnerable stuff with. And what happens is that actually brings me greater freedom. It benefits, it benefits me. And so he says, I'm going to send you out as sheep amongst wolves. And then he tells them, as he did, uh, similar to what he said in Luke 9, he said, Heal people everywhere that you go and tell them the kingdom has come near to them. Right? Or heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, and, and proclaim the gospel. Because when we say preach the gospel, it's so easy for us to equate in the, in the American church, it's so easy for us to equate preaching to pulpit ministry. This is a steel-welded American-made by my dad pulpit. That's why I can lean on it and move it around and some have a hard time actually moving it. But <clears throat> we, we think that preaching is what I'm doing. 
But preaching is proclamation. So preaching is just, or, or proclamation is just talking about the gospel. Over coffee, over dinner, on the street, at the gas station, at work, at home. It's proclamation. Preaching should be removed from the context of this, this type of ministry, honestly. This is teaching. Because even for some who have been to certain denominational churches, they think preaching is just at a certain volume. Well, he was talking low, you know, his, his volume never got very high, and he just talked to me the whole time, and so that really wasn't preaching, he was teaching. Where'd we get that? That's learned behavior. That's church culture, not kingdom culture. Traditional. God, break it away from us. We don't need it. All right? And so we get into these definitions of learned things that we have over time. And then we, we, we think that they're truth. Or I've thought that they were truth. And then God rearranges my thinking because that's what he loves to do. Because that's some of what apostolic grace does. And so Jesus, he empowers the 70 and they come back. And they are so excited that demons are subject to them in his name. If you read it in Luke 10, you see that. And Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It was like it was the beginning of the authority that the devil had that Adam and Eve had handed over to him. He's like, it's over. <laughs> it's time to take your rightful place where you belong, devil, in, in the sons of God and the daughters of God are going to take their rightful place operating out of the authority of heaven that we were always created to and have dominion but then he tells them he said I have I've, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you but then he says something that's very important because we can't stop there and he says don't rejoice that you have authority or that you can cast out demons you can do miracles. Don't rejoice just because you can see people healed or all those amazing, miraculous things that you can do. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so apostolic grace always points us upward and inward. Apostolic grace points us upward and inward. By upward, I mean Jesus demonstrates it in this. He's pointing them to the Father. He says, don't just rejoice that you can do the stuff. Rejoice that you're actually connected and in him. Rejoice that he's your, he's your dad. He's your father. He's your Lord. He's your savior. Rejoice in, in that. He, he does this over and over in different ways. If you look at in John 5, he's like, I only do what I see the father do. I only say what I hear the father say. He's saying, I'm not, I didn't even come on my own authority. The things that you hear, I'm getting from him. The, thing, the miracles that you're seeing happen, the multiplication of the, of the fish and loaves, the, the dead that are being raised, the demons that are, are leaving people and their life is being restored, all of those things that you are seeing, it's because it's the Father's will. He's like, it is his will. That's what you're seeing through me. The Father, what he always wanted to do is being played out through his son. And so he points us all to him. And then the next thing it does, so what I would call that would be intimacy. It's the basis of the Christian life, is that everybody's responsibility that is empowering someone, whether it's one-on-one -on -one at, at your favorite coffee shop or over dinner or your kids in your house or, or whoever it is, 
stranger on the street, I'm always pointing them to, to Jesus. When I'm teaching up here, that's my main responsibility is to point you and in, 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 as far as you'll let me kind of nudge you into deeper intimacy with him. Because that's where everything is. There's no shortcut in the Christian life. It's all about intimacy. And so then it points us inward. What do I mean by that? I'm glad you asked. When it points me inward, because when you and I became sons and, and daughters of God, the Spirit of God came and take up residence on the inside of us. And so everything that I'll ever need is already on the inside of me. And I believe that the Christian life is a whole lot more about discovery than it is getting something. When I was fasting, remember, I was trying to get something from God. He's like, you already got it. And so a lot of my fasting ended up not being me getting something from him. But what it did, it was it transforming my thinking to show me what was already available to me through intimacy as a son, showing me that I'm already powerful, showing me that I already have the power I was asking for, but also at the same time that it all should come from this place of intimate connection with the Father so that when these things happen around me, they'll all happen for this one purpose, and it is to connect others to his heart. So they will know who they are. Therefore, they will go out and do the same things. It's a family affair. Right? It's kingdom family that's being created all over the globe. And we get to be a part of that. And apostolic grace is an essential part of that Kingdom family being created, created because it empowers us in such a profound way to know who we are. Because when I know who I am, all the competing with my brothers and sisters and other churches leaves. Like, because competition doesn't exist in the kingdom. It's celebration, not competition. Not long ago, I was, you know, I, I, there would be things that would happen in different places, and they would be in ways that were weird to me. And I know that may seem weird to you that I would think something's weird because y'all been around me for very long. You, you'd realize that I, <laughs> you know, we just we we have fun because it's it's fun to be a son or daughter and be free. And so when I got free, I just I started to have fun. I quit caring what people think in a, in a good way, not in a no, you know, kind of a bad attitude chip on your shoulder type of way, but in a, in a good way, getting free from the opinions of people. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. And, and we're all created to walk in that. But I would, I would hear about other things that were happening in certain ways in other churches, and, and it looked clear to me that, that God was doing them. There were fruit that was happening, and, and I would criticize kind of how it was going down. And, and Jesus spoke really clearly to me. It wasn't one of those moments where I felt like I heard him. It was one of those moments where he was like, what I want you to do is I want you to quit criticizing the way things are, are going down. And I want you to just, when you know it's me, just celebrate it. Leave it there. Just celebrate it. Don't try to fit it in your theology. Don't try to fit it in your form of thinking or how you do things or how you think things should be done. Just, just celebrate it. I'm like, yes, Lord. <laughs> Because I, I love what Bill Johnson says, and I've adapted this because I believe it to be true, is that I actually have to step outside of my new nature as a son to criticize another one of God's creation. Saved or unsaved. If they're saved or not saved, I have to step outside of my new nature as a son to criticize them. 
Because criticism doesn't exist in kingdom thinking. And Jesus is working it out of me. I'm just being vulnerable up here in front of you because I get the privilege to do that. And Jesus is working some, some critical thinking out of me. And the reason that I was critical about others is because I was primarily critical of me. And so Jesus is upgrading our thinking. He's always doing that. And this is, this is some of the things that apostolic grace does is that it helps bring me into my God-given destiny by empowerment. It challenges the way I think and therefore see things. It helps lead me into deeper intimacy, which leads me into heaven's reality in my personal life or my identity as a son or daughter. And so it challenges the way I think and therefore see things because my thinking causes me to see things in a certain way, right? And so it's, it's constant. Mind transformation is constant in, in the sense of is that I, I am on a daily basis... I want to be challenged in the way that I think until my thinking is I'm delusionally hopeful in every area of my life. You say, well, it's not realistic to be delusionally hopeful. I would challenge that and say that God didn't create us to be realistic. He created us to be supernatural. It's beautiful, isn't it? And and so I have two choices in the kingdom is that I can either live out of a place where I just, I, I won't be disappointed because I don't hope. Or I can have constant hope and have moments of disappointment. The latter sounds like the best one to me. Is that I constantly hope, and though I will face disappointment, when my hope is consistently going higher, because my my thinking is consistently being challenged, then it will help me in those moments of disappointment because it will... It erases lies that I've believed about God. And apostolic grace helps me to see who He is more clearly and to see who I am more clearly. And it all happens through that one thing I was talking about, which is intimacy. The clearer I see Him, the clearer I see me. And the clearer the world's going to see Him also. I know it's easy to get distracted when doors open and kids come out and all those things. I promise Jesus is going to bring us another building soon. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Until then, you're, you're, how, how well you focus will be challenged too. And to mine. <laughs> They're like, nothing distracts you. I'm like, I've had years of practice. <laughs> and it's not true that nothing distracts me. It's just that I, I, I may... Play it off than, than some. <laughs> and so Jesus is constantly inviting us into a greater reality that he made available through the cross. Welcome into. This is cutting in and out, isn't it? Some interference back there. Um, signal. Uh, and so I want to I wrap up with this one scripture, and then I want to do something that, that's really that I believe is really important that we haven't done yet. And why we haven't done it, I can only say that, it, that it's God's timing and that I hadn't paid real close attention to the Scriptures in, in Acts chapter 6. But in Psalms 133, it's a short psalm. I'll read all three verses. It says, Behold how good... And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron, running down on the edges of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This paints us a picture of what it looks like when apostolic grace comes upon the head. It actually flows down onto the rest of the garments or the rest of the body. What did the garment or the body do for the oil to run down on it? Just present, right? It was just there. It isn't actually about who's at the the head in the sense of ministry context. It is about who's at the head in the sense of Jesus context. But it's actually about the person that are about who is pouring the oil. Heaven's pouring out constantly. There's no dry seasons in, in, in our Christian life unless they're between our ears. It's only my thinking. They're going to ever have a dry season of the Lord. So that's good news because one revelation can change everything. All right? One, one revelation, we always say one encounter can change everything. And so this picture of unity that we see in Psalms 133 is what God is doing in the, in the corporate body worldwide. Nominationalism is, is something that, though I, I find importance in it at, at a certain level, it's something that people are no longer allowing to separate them from other Christians. It's not about the, the name of your church or about what denominational church that you go to. It's about the fact that we are all sons and daughters and that we were meant to be family. And Jesus is working that out. It's a beautiful thing. It's happening everywhere. And I, and I love that we all get to, to be a part of it. But when, when the revelation of apostolic grace comes, it is similar to this sense right here, which I believe God is doing globally, is that it runs down from the head onto the rest of the body. And so what we're, we're getting ready to do is we're going to, we're going to commission our... Our leadership, somebody might have to take a few people's place because we're going to need all of our leadership team and a few of them may be in positions that are uh, not possible for them to come up here and get prayer. But I, I am going to act, actually going to need them. So whatever we need to do to make that happen, please, please do. Um, so in Acts chapter 6, let me explain this to you. In Acts chapter 6, there's a complaint that raise, is, is risen because uh, the Hellenists are saying, look, our people aren't getting fed in the daily distribution of food. So essentially they had a food pantry, right? Practical, but important. They had a food pantry where people that needed food were getting fed. In the kingdom we supply both supernatural and practical needs. And so what the apostles do is they say, because we're not going to leave uh, prayer and ministry of the word of God we want to assign seven men or seven people full of faith and wisdom so that they can tend to this particular responsibility because it's important. You're like, what does it, why, do, why do they need to be full of faith and full of wisdom? They're going to hand out food. right? I can do that without thinking. I don't need a lot of wisdom in that. don't need a lot of faith for that unless food needs to be multiplied, which is it's probable that food was being multiplied there. They'd seen it happen. It would, it would, I would err on the side of thinking that that actually was happening versus thinking that it wasn't happening. They said they want to, we want to be full of faith and full of wisdom. All right? Faithful people. Faithful. 
people. <laughs> That's why I'm glad I don't have to muster up faith because Jesus is the faithful one and he lives in me and he's full of faith. I don't have to rely on my faith. And so they assign these seven men. And then what they do is that, because what we did when we assigned leadership is what we ask people, we say, hey, we're inviting you into this position. It's going to be you laying your life down to do this. We see the grace in your life. We see, we see you, the anointing there to do these particular things. And we're inviting you into to, to the leadership of Revive the World Ministries. We, we know these are, these are the conditions. These are the things you're going to be a part of. This is where we see you serving. Are you passionate about it? You hear God saying yes. Do you hear Jesus saying, do it? Because that, that's not a, it's not a position that you just, you know, you go into lightly. But the, the book of Acts is actually showing me something that they didn't, they didn't take it lightly to, to assign people to the food pantry either. Because what they did next in Acts chapter 6 is they actually brought them in front of everybody and they prayed and they lay hands on them. And they commissioned them to do the thing that they were signed up for. And, and that's what we're going to do today. And the reason that we're going to do that is cause, because, well, for one, when you see the commissioning and the result of it in, in Acts chapter 8, because there's persecution that arises, there's Saul that's persecuting the church, you see it in the beginning of Acts chapter 8, and then you get down to verse 4, and Philip, because of the persecution, the the disciples, and they were scattered everywhere. They were scattered everywhere. And what did they do when they went everywhere? They preached the gospel. And Philip, who was assigned to the food pantry, winds up in Samaria. And you see in Acts 8, 4 through 8, that there's miracles, signs, wonders that are happening. And people are giving their lives to Jesus because of what he's doing. You're like, hold on, the same guy that worked in the food pantry? That guy? Yes. Because when apostolic grace is present, it empowers every person in every position to do the same things that Jesus did. John chapter 14, verse 12. One of my favorite. If I had, a, a, if I had some life verses, this would be on the list of life verses that I have. I'd have a lot of them, but this is on the top. And he says that... The works that I do, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also. But greater works than these you'll do because I go on to the Father. There's two ways I can look at that. There may be more than two ways. There's two ways I've looked at that scripture. He who believes in me, the works that I do, you will do. You can look at it as a commandment. If you've ever been abused by authority, authority's been misused in your life, sometimes uh, you can look through the lens of you're telling me what to do. Which, in a context, can be true. Or, if you err on the side of law, in the fact that I just I, I work really hard for Jesus, I may see it as a commandment also. And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking that as a commandment, because it will produce obedience. But there can be something wrong with that I see the Bible, that results, it comes from a place that I, I think in a way that may not be the most healthy yet but it will get there. Or the other way I could look at it as it's an empowerment of Jesus saying, when you're a believer, this is what's actually you're capable of. 
You're capable of the same works that I do and even greater works than these you'll do because I go into the Father. He was saying when, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it's going to cause you to be a, 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 a lover of people, a miracle working machine. It's going to cause you to be able to do all the miraculous things that I've done even on a broader and greater scale. Isn't that incredible? It's like everything he was saying, if when we look at it in the context of empowerment, we see that there's grace on the words, you look at Colossians 4, 6, that all your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt. What's grace do? His speech, it was empowering people. He's like, this is what's possible. And then we look in the book of Acts and we see that they weren't only being obedient, they had been empowered to believe what Jesus had said. Yes, is it simple acts of obedience? Yes, but if I don't believe right, my simple acts of obedience may not result in a lot of fruit. <laughs> I need to be able to believe what he's told me is possible in my life. And so the other thing to follow that up with is I get ready to have the leadership team come and, and, and Lindsay and I are going to lay hands on, on all of them and I'd like to have a few catchers if I could recruit uh, Jake and Armando here in a few minutes if you guys could help catch or somebody else. Now you're in the kids' room, aren't you? Is there? Okay, if I could recruit a couple catchers, just, just in case, especially to stand behind uh, Sarah. So, <laughs> not because she's most likely to fall, because she's <laughs> pregnant. <clears throat> but we look in, in Acts chapter 8, 8, and what happened when, when Philip, when the person that worked in the food pantry was empowered to do the things Jesus did? What happened? It says there was great joy in that city, in the city of Samaria. In the city where it wasn't likely that the gospel was to come because of where it came from, the Jewish people, right? The city of Samaria. It says there was great joy in that city. In Psalms 133, when unity comes, when the apostolic grace empowers the head all the way down through the body, what happens is it actually brings transformation citywide so that their original design that God always saw our cities as comes to pass. Because, he, because the things that are happening right now, even though the hope is rising and, and, and more people are giving their lives to Jesus, the design for our cities is not fully being lived out yet. And so I don't have to have a vision for my city because Jesus already has one. He had it before, before the world was here. He saw it as thriving. He saw it as healthy. He saw it as joy-filled. He saw it as, for some of us, that's hard to believe right now. But, and so, but, but it's the truth, right? What's truth do? It brings freedom to my thinking. Our cities were designed and destined to be thriving places where kingdom family lived, breathed, ran together, even creation is, is being redeemed. <laughs> it is, and it's, it's happening. It's happening all over. And so as we commission this team, I want you to know that it's not just a commissioning for, for the team. They've already answered the call. They've already said yes to all this stuff. They've been doing it for years now. And and being a great example to Lindsay and I, helping us grow in all kinds of ways, challenging our thinking and, and, and our faith, and, and it's great. I love it. 
But when we lay hands on them, there's a residual that takes place. It's almost as if you looked at it as Psalms 130, the 133, the oil comes down and it goes down to the rest of the body, right? Doesn't diminish the oil. The oil that was on the garment was the same oil that was on the head. This is just as powerful. The same grace that's at the top is the same grace that's at the bottom, right? Remember, Jesus said those that are first uh, when we're here will be those that will be last, right? It's just a privilege to get to serve. And, so I, and that's why this team does what they do, to serve. I, I know them well enough. We've, we've walked through some stuff together, haven't we? We've cried together. We've been on the floor worshiping Jesus together. We've encountered the Lord in crazy ways that have connected us deeply to His heart and to one another. And they become the greatest friends that I have on the planet. Oh, it's friendship. It's family. And so if you guys would come. Now as we lay hands on, the, hands on them, I want you all to point your hands and pray for them. But I also want you to expect to receive apostolic grace. Apostolic grace to, to live on a daily basis. Thanks. Thanks. Jesus is empowering the whole family today. It's not just these people that are standing up here. You can hold, you can hold him while we pray for you. Yeah. I mean, your whole family is getting empowered anyway. So He just wants in on it. He may not be able to articulate it yet. He just feels it. He's like, I need up there. <laughs> it's like, give it, give it to... Give me, the, give me the grace. And if you guys will stand behind them. I, have, I want you to come out here in the middle. Front and center, not off to the side where the camera can't see you. Right up, right up in here. Yep, up here. And then fan out the part of you. You guys are... Our, our, whole, our whole church, do you notice that? We're always this side heavy uh, on the sense of seating. And then even when they lined up, they all lined up over here. There's a, a gravitational pull. Uh, <laughs> over to the, that side. <laughs> yeah, so, so help, me pray, help me pray for them. And then, then we're going to, actually what we're going to do after we pray for them is we're going to have you all stand. And for all of the, you guys are okay with it, somebody to lay a hand on your shoulder. If you're okay with that, if you're not, that's okay. But if you are okay, raise your, just raise your hand, you know. Just raise your right hand while you're standing after we pray for them. And that will, will, that will give us permission to lightly touch your shoulder. We're not going to grab your head or sling oil on you or knock you down or anything like that. <laughs> Just ruined all their fun. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, so Father, I thank you. we thank you so much for this team. We thank you for what they mean, not just to this family, but to the body of Christ. And as the apostles did, we just, we just pray right now. We thank you for the, the servitude. We thank you for the lives laid down. We thank you that they have humbly accepted the call to do what it is that they're called to do, both inside here and outside of here. We recognize that they're full of faith, that they, they have the wisdom of heaven on them. We recognize that they're powerful sons and daughters who, who constantly and consistently look fear in the face and say, not today who are an example to the rest of us of what love looks like, of what it looks like to take risk, 
constantly in their daily lives and what it primarily looks like to raise up healthy family. I thank you that they have healthy marriages, that they have healthy kids. I thank you that they're going after heart health in their daily lives and also going after the mind transformation that you've invited us all into. And so right now in the name of Jesus, we, as the apostles did, we commission every one of them And we thank you for the apostolic grace of heaven being released from our chief priest and apostle, Jesus. We thank you. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, if y'all help us pray, just release grace. We thank you. We thank you. We just agree with heaven right now. And we empower you. Through apostolic grace in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, more. More, more, more. We thank you for adding to everything they already carry in Jesus' name. Thank you for adding to everything they already carry in Jesus' name. Apostolic grace is empowering you to do even more. Even more. Thank you. We commission you all to do everything Jesus said you already could. Position you in your specific callings. We commission you right now. We, Lindsay and I, we believe in you. (laughs) We believe in you. We believe in your dreams. We believe in the call in your life. We believe in the anointing you carry. We believe in you as, as husbands, as wives, as parents. We believe in you as sons and daughters. We believe in all of you. We believe in you. Oh, yes, we do. We do. We do. We do. Thank you, Father, that they will go further faster what we could have ever fathomed, we could in our personal lives. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and their kids, we, we, yeah, we just bless. We thank you for grace upon their whole families for this. Grace upon their whole families for this. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. I know y'all are enjoying the Lord, but I'm going to put you, put you to serving right away. And so the rest of the family, if you would stand up, and we're going to pray for you because there's a commissioning that's happening for the whole body today. For every one of you to live out of your God-given identity, to thrive in every, every season of life, to walk in the destiny that God dreamed about before the foundation of the world uh, when He saw you in Him, holy and blameless. There's something that's coming on the family today to walk out at a greater level than we've ever experienced before. I can't explain it. I can only equate it to grace. That's all I can say. And so in Jesus' name, we just commission the family. You guys go ahead and lay hands on whoever you... you just get to everybody at... We commission the family right now. We release apostolic grace upon every, every person in the name of Jesus. We thank you. No matter what season of life, we thank you that you are commissioning them in a new way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
We bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah, we commission them to do everything Jesus says. Go, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead. Walk in sonship. Walk in who you are as a daughter. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thanks, Father. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we bless them, Lord. We bless them, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, 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 more. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. More. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless him, Jesus. We bless him, Jesus. We bless him, Jesus. And we bless the baby, too. Thank you that grace is empowering the baby right now, too, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Bless the whole family right now. Apostolic grace. Thank you, Jesus. We bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. We bless them. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, grace upon grace upon grace. Ooh, upon grace upon grace upon grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray increase upon the presence of God they carry. I pray increase upon the functionality of the gifts that they're already walking in. I pray that gifts on the inside of them would become alive in new ways. That the prophetic, hearing your voice, relaying your voice to other people, uh, getting people connected to your heart would become more natural than it ever has before. We pray that today would mark a new day of being able to see themselves clearly in your eyes. Being able to see themselves clearly as the powerful sons and daughters that they are. We thank you that that may not equate to mistake-free life. But we do thank you that there is grace constantly empowering us daily to live at a higher level. And so I thank you that with this, there's hope that's going to new levels. There's joy that's going deeper. We thank you, Father, right now that you are resting upon every person, that you have equipped them with what they need for this season. You've equipped them for what they need to live out of who you already say that they are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You're a good dad. We pray every back that needs it, if it's not already healed, spines, back pain, be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We bless what you're doing in the room for health, not just physical, but mental and emotional health. We thank you that there's a grace for people to become mentally and emotionally healthier. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. I bless what you're doing now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For everybody that's watching this, we still live? Everybody that's watching this, we release that same grace to you right now in Jesus' name. Every household, we thank you, Father, for encounters with, with the one who releases the grace. 
We thank you for grace coming into their lives and clearing their vision. I just feel like there's clear vision that's happening in the room and also online. There's clear, clearer vision to be able to see, see who the Father is as the good dad that Jesus showed him to be. And also clearer vision for us to see who we are in his eyes. And so thank you. We bless our, our online crew that's watching right now and will watch later. And we say, yes, be whole and be healed in every single way. Yeah, we bless what you're doing in all their lives right now. Thank you that grace is going to empower them at new levels. Take them to new heights. <laughs> Showing them things that they, they haven't even been able to dream for. In Ephesians 3.20, Jesus says uh, through the Apostle Paul that he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even think ask or imagine. Like my highest imagination of what God can do, he'll do more than that. <laughs> yeah, we thank you for that right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.